Hello and welcome to The Pulse. Later in the show, we'll be looking at Chief Executive Lan Chongying's policy address and we'll be getting reactions from the Labour Party's Li Chuk-yan and the Liberal Party's Tommy Jung. But first, one thing that didn't get much of a mention in the policy address was constitutional reform. It is, however, going to get a mention here. Earlier this week, the Hong Kong Transition Project announced a new report on public attitudes to both constitutional reform and the proposed Occupy Central protest. With us in the studio is Michael de Gaulier. Michael de Gaulier, you've been at this for a very long time. <laughs> yes. So right. before we get into the details of the report, let me just ask you a more general question. How much is constitutional reform, political reform, an issue for the general public as opposed to, say, livelihood issues, which yeah. were the real emphasis of the policy address? It, normally and in most cases if you have a whole uh, bank or array of various questions that relate to livelihood and economics and uh, house uh, house uh, access and prices and so forth uh, if you put it within that and ask people to rank it's going to come down that list but if you get into a situation to where people um, feel that 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 there's a fundamental issue of both fairness and identity of Hong Kong at stake. Then, uh, in the case, for example, of Occupy Central, one of the questions we asked was, how worried are you about uh, violence and uh, economic damage to Hong Kong happening uh, because of Occupy Central? Uh, and there we get still a solid 40% of people who say they are determined to support Occupy Central because they feel that something significant is at stake. So it depends on the circumstances. Everyday circumstances, it's going to come down the rank. When it comes to what people feel is a nub of choice in which something fundamental, their freedoms and Hong Kong's very identity that they value most uh, is at stake, then we clearly get a very large, very high priority, a uh, very large proportion of people put constitutional reform at a very high priority. Well, let's come to the, um, the, the, the survey which was published on, on Sunday. Mm. Um, some people who are not particularly keen on, on democratic reform seized on it with some glee and said, oh goodness, this seems to show diminishing support. Hmm. Um, is that an interpretation you would make? No, <laughs> not at all. Uh, while a majority of people oppose Occupy Central, it's the people who support it, I think, are the most uh, uh, critical element. And again, we're talking about 40, 41% who, who, who support or say they will join and support Occupy Central. I mean, that would be enormous if that was... That's a very large proportion of people. Uh, and the thing is, they're younger, uh, predominantly under 30. Uh, they're better educated. In fact, you can see that there's almost a direct relationship as education goes up to the postgraduate level, support for Occupy Central goes up. Uh, by the time you get into the postgraduate, the people who have the kind of degrees that make Hong Kong as a knowledge economy function, you're getting a majority of uh, people who support Occupy Central. Uh, the professions, students, with students it's three out of four support Occupy Central. So we're talking about the kind of groups that uh, uh, have come out on the streets before and probably will again. Uh, we're talking about the kind of groups uh, because of the professions and students and the well-educated people uh, are the key to Hong Kong's existence, its future, its functioning as, as, a, as a modern city. But I, I, I'm just wondering how all this is impacting on the general level of support for universal suffrage. Uh, well, that's even higher. That's much higher. 
I mean, we have we have tracked that for years, asking people if they supported uh, how much they support or oppose direct elections for the chief executive or, and direct elections for all members of the legislative council. Uh, for the chief executive, last time it was over 90% who supported directly electing the chief executive. Um, and for the legislative council, it was also way up in the in the 80s. Uh, it was the highest level that we had had polled, and so. Um, the, the the support in principle for directly is, is that across is all age high. groups, incidentally. Uh, that trend it's it's a little lower uh, among older people. Uh, we find that there is a, a extremely huge gap between people over sixty and people thirty and under. And so, um, if you and and, and who's going to be around longer? <laughs> uh, <laughs> the people the people who the younger you get, the more you support direct elections. That's very interesting. Well, Michael DeGaulio, thank you very much indeed. Um, as we said earlier, political issues didn't get much space in this year's policy address. The focus was more on livelihood issues and on housing. For his second policy address, Chief Executive Lang Zhenying focused on poverty, the grassroots, the elderly and the disadvantaged. While many welcomed this, there were regrets that while the government seems to be worried about the middle class not having more children, it did little here to make them feel more able to afford them. Middle class interests seemed almost forgotten. Mr. Lung believes that the middle class are more concerned with local economic growth, education and a public medical system than handouts or allowances. Not all of the public feel the same. There may be a consultation on constitutional reform underway, but the topic of universal suffrage and how to achieve it didn't get a lot of attention. Yeah. One of the highlights of the address was the new low-income working family allowance. At a cost of 3 billion Hong Kong dollars in public money, it should be able to help around 200,000 eligible families. The other main poverty alleviation measure is the provision of additional rent assistance for recipients of Comprehensive Social Security Assistance, or CSSA.
Some legislators have argued that using public money for rent assistance is less effective than rent controls. Mr Leung is worried that rent controls will harm the interests of landlords and they will pass that on to their tenants. In terms of housing policy, the government's new target is to provide 470,000 units in the coming decade, 60% of which will be public housing. In order to build more flats and meet those overall housing targets, 80 sites will be rezoned for residential use from their current categories as being reserved for government, institutional or community use, or GIC, or as greenbelt allocation. After the break, legislators Lee Chia Yan and Tommy Jung will be with us to talk about how the policy address helps or doesn't help the grassroots and the middle classes. Join us then. Welcome back. Well, with us in the studio to discuss the policy address of the Labour Party's Lee Chuck Yan and the Liberal Party's Tommy Jung. Can I turn to you first, Lee Chuck Yan? It, it, it seems to me that the Democrats, including your party, have been a bit churlish about this uh, address. Many of the issues you've been raising for many, many years are for the first time in there. Yeah, of course. Well, we want to commend this hot policy address on the low income support. Uh, uh, program because we have been advocating that for years and finally you know there are something there to alleviate the, uh, the working poor our poverty uh, but of course we feel that there, there should be a target uh, uh, that the government should set on the alleviation of poverty saying that you know uh, half of the poverty population should lift our poverty in within uh, his terms but uh, disappointingly there are no uh, targets set and also another disappointment, of course, is the, uh, that for the middle class, especially working people, they're nothing. You know, uh, we have been uh, asking for demanding for the abolition of the offset provision for the mandatory reporting fund. There are none on that. And uh, on education, which the middle class are very concerned, there are no free kindergarten education or no uh, increase. Although that was mentioned as an objective. Yeah. Yeah, it's objective, but not yet. Again, we don't know how long we have to wait for that. And also, there are not enough you know, university uh, uh, subsidized uh, places uh, for our students. And also, I think, uh, uh, disappointedly, also that there are no mentioning at all of core values, you know, especially when uh, we are now on the stage of discussing about universal suffrage. Uh, there are nothing mentioned about uh, press freedom and uh, also uh, the problem of corruption in Hong Kong. So, all these core values are being neglected. So I, I think we have want a balanced uh, policy address and I, I think there, there are still uh, lots of areas that need improvement. Well, Tommy Chang, if I may say, you come from a party traditionally described as a pro-government party. 
you don't sound like a pro-government party. In fact, your response to the policy address has been equally, if not more, um, negative than, than what we've just heard. Is that right? Basically, actually, we gave uh, the policy address 100 points. Out of how many? Uh, for <laughs> helping the, the poor and the underprivileged for the uh, aged uh, people. We lobby for 2000 uh, dollars, at least 1500 for the uh, medical coupons, and, and they uh, gave it this time. Uh, but on for middle class and for the you know uh, SMEs, we rate them zero. So, uh, so well, well, give me an example of something you'd like to have seen in there. Okay, um, take for instance, we lobby hard the Liberal Party for the kindergarten vouchers. Okay, many years ago before it happened, when it happened. We did not like it because it excluded about 15% of the parents who elected, uh, who choose to put their children with uh, private uh, uh, kindergartens, you know. So the voucher is actually good for non-profit, and if you don't charge a higher fee than what the government uh, uh, decided. So that actually excluded about 15%, and all that 15% of these parents are usually middle-income uh, families who uh, elected to put their kids, you know, to a um, okay. kindergarten I mean, that, that charge, and, and we asked for that. Okay, yeah. he could have say, okay, let's we give a voucher. The value of it could be twenty thousand dollars. We give it to anybody. We don't care if you send a kid to fifty thousand. 40,000, but we'll give it to you. Okay, let then me just stop, stop you would, there, because yeah. that, that, that's an important but a relatively minor thing. Is there some big issue that you would mm -hmm. like to have seen addressed? Well, what is there for SMEs, okay? Um, he is spending a lot of money, okay? Uh, he said maybe 10 billion. Uh, another government official said 20 billion, but where does he find the money? He is not balancing well, that's 3% of expenditure. Yes, but he's not trying to, he's not balancing. Uh, on one hand, you spend it. On the other hand, how do you make the, the money back? He hasn't provided us a vision for improving competitiveness of our businesses. In fact, he is doing the exact opposite. Uh, in the last uh, uh, 16, 18 months, you know, during uh, the term that he became uh, chief executive, now, that got to worry a lot of the uh, SMEs, okay? Uh, we're losing our competitiveness. And it doesn't seem like he is addressing it. So if SMEs are not making money, if they don't see a long-term or, or medium-term uh, where they can do business competitively with their neighbours, who is going to pay all these... Uh, uh, who's going to finance that uh, $10, 20000000000 billion that he's spending? Uh, that got to worry a lot of people, which is why I think when taxpayers, especially the middle class, are worried that you're spending so much on the other sector of the people, but where does the money come from? That's got to be worrisome. Uh, I think on the economic front, you know, uh, he tried to try to say that, you know, the young should have opportunity in the future. You know, it's a lot, something like a pie in the sky when he talk about, you know, the land tile development in the sense. And also he, his language is very much that, you know, uh, opportunity is not in Hong Kong anymore, it's all in China. So I think this language is very damaging. You know, he, he seems to project a Hong Kong that is totally dependent on China without our own strength. 
So I, I think the competitiveness of and strength of Hong Kong economy uh, should be more emphasized and not, you know, see, see why it seems to suggest everything uh, happened in China. You know, even talking about some example, you know, of a, of a Guangxi, uh, uh, Hong Kong young people going up and get his money there, uh, get his business there. Why, where, where is Hong Kong in, whole, whole, in his own mind? We don't so pay worldwide tax for a company yeah, exactly. or for individuals. So if Hong you Kong. keep telling our young people to go north, mm. to seek job opportunities, if you tell our professionals, say, uh, we, I'm opening up opportunities for you in China, if you tell young entrepreneurs, go to Guangxi and, 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 and deal in the, uh, coffee beans and wine and, and do your $100 million business, where are we going to he's get hollow, He's hollowing Hong Kong. You know, this is very dangerous. And, and also for young people, you know, uh, the problem of housing is not uh, being, you know, uh, confronted at all. Uh, then uh, for the young people who cannot afford to buy a house, they have to go pay rent and they have to move their house every year because of the rent rises. For these young people, yeah, nothing. We, we have been demanding for rent control so that at least these young people had a place to stay. But, uh, and, but he talked about pie in the sky again on housing development. You know, 10 years afterward, you may have uh, a 470,000 unit in this 10 years time, but this all happened after several years. But the fact of the matter is that, that, that politics is, as everybody says, the language of priorities. And it seems that in this policy address, you could argue, and the government certainly does argue, that certain foundations are being laid for a lot of the issues that you've just mentioned. You, but you don't give them credit for that. Of course, uh, if, if uh, developing public housing is always our priorities, and uh, it's just that it's not, uh, you know, in a way uh, enough uh, to really face the, the queuing, mm. uh, those, those in the queue for public housing. But, and, and, and then, how about the short-term measure uh, to help these people, young people living in a very expensive rent, or the, the poor, uh, workers living in the subdivided flat, they're nothing. We, if you go on, uh, you know, with a rent control, at least you have something on, 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 on the short terms and not something that, uh, you know, we understand to build a house, you need some time to do that. And it's the disappointedly that uh, uh, we don't have enough land uh, to do that yet. Uh, but he is doing on that. But still, you know, what, how about short term measure? So we need that. So uh, when, when people, uh, uh, when the middle class challenge that, that nothing for them, in a way, I don't think middle class is asking for uh, so-called goodies or subsidized. They, they're really looking for something of a, a system, education system that, uh, 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 you know, give them confidence uh, that, uh, they, that they have a, you know, roof, a shelter, uh, where they have uh, uh, confidence that they can live on longer, not lo in that place longer, and not being, you know, uh, having to face high rent. And talking about land, okay, he is thinking about housing estates. He is thinking about uh, um, uh, how residential houses, basically. But all along, Liberal Party has been talking about what about retail shop space, okay? He's mentioned nothing of it. He's talking about some underground that we're going to convert it. That would be five, ten you years. You usually have line. retail space okay. in, in housing developments, don't you? Y yes, but they sell it to Link. That's another problem we don't want to discuss about uh, on this program. But at the same time, he's talking about converting factories. Okay, instead of we always wanted him to think long term, medium term, how do we bring 
manufacturing back into Hong Kong because the label made in Hong Kong is sellable nowadays. How do we go high-end, high fashion, even on manufacturing? But instead of helping, he's saying let's convert these factories to something else, probably residential, so that to ease the residential market. Okay, so he's completely gone way out in the other tandem, and he's not thinking about business. Are, are you going to be voting against this, the Liberal Party? Uh, no. We gave him about the 50%. 100 on one, one end, uh, helping the poor, zero on the other, so you average out, that's for about 50%. Okay. And Lechak, um, will you and the Labour Party be voting for or against this policy address? Uh, this policy address we cannot support because it's not, of course, there's something on poly poverty elevation, but it's not really comprehensive enough to solve all the problem, uh, especially housing problem and uh, economic hollowing now, and also that uh, nothing on universal suffrage and uh, the core value of Hong Kong. So I, I don't think this policy address is really uh, uh, good enough. Well, gentlemen, thank you both. We're out of time. And we're out of time for the program. We'll see you at the same time next week. Goodbye. Now, have you ever been mistreated? Oh, just what I'm talking about. Yeah.